We're playing the what-if game on this Friday. Injuries. Brogdon, his forearm. Jason Tatum, his ankle. Jalen Brown, that glass thing. And Danilo Gallinari's ACL. It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown's 18. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry O.B. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're at your team every day, and I'm here for you Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, three days a week for August and September. A little bit of a slowdown, as slow as we get on the Lockdown Podcast Network, because usually it's five days a week. And during the regular season, it might be six, it might be seven, because I'm going to be doing post games after every single game, because that's what we do here. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Watch a show on YouTube. Hop into the comment section. Let me know what you think there. I'm John Corrales. I used to play way back in the day. Now I'm covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And today we're playing the what if game. What if a lot of these injuries didn't happen? Now, I'm not going to say what if none of these injuries didn't happen, but we'll go over each one, starting with Danilo Gallinari. Uh, Jalen Brown, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, his forearm injury, and Jason Tatum's ankle, obviously in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll do all that in just a second. First, uh, I want to remind everybody that uh, this weekend I am doing a uh, special three-episode mailbag. So normally it's Mailbag Monday. I'm recording three days of mailbag questions. So johncorrales.com slash mailbag. If you're watching on YouTube, this below there on the screen, I'm on vacation next week. I'm taking a break, but I'm going to pre-record answers to your questions for three mailbags. Now I do have a bunch of unanswered questions already hanging out in my email. So uh, I will get to uh, a lot of those as well. Have some fun with it. We can ask questions about the Celtics, about the NBA, about me, whatever. Get those questions in. I'm going to record three shows on Sunday for you all next week so we can uh, have some content for you while I'm chilling on a beach enjoying my mid-August. So uh, get those questions in. I also want to address a report out of uh, uh, Greece that Shvi Mikhailik is considering a an offer from the Celtics, a minimum offer versus I don't know what Panathinaikos is offering in Greece, but he's getting a uh, he's choosing between the Panathinaikos uh, offer, which I assume is somewhere probably probably a little bit more money to, to play in Boston, but probably less opportunity. He's a guy who's played for six teams in five years, so probably wants something a little bit more stable rather than bouncing around the NBA on a minimum. But if the Celtics were to get him, he's a, you know, a, a forward who can shoot uh, a little up and down shooting. Again, you don't, you don't get to six teams in five seasons 
by being great at basketball at the NBA level, right? Uh, there's enough promise there where, where a team might go, hmm, all right, let's give him a shot. And he might be able to shoot, but he can't do some other things. So uh, is he going to choose Boston end of bench end of bench depth, or is he going to stay in Greece? Either way, he's wearing a white and green jersey with a shamrock as part of the logo. That's one of the beauties of Panathinaikos, which is in Athens. And you'd think as a guy who covers the Celtics, I might be on board with that. But because my dad, where he's from, I'm more of an Olympiakos guy. That's okay. I'm not I'm not going into bitter Greek rivalries. Those of you who are in Greece who are listening and watching and are Panathinaikos fans, I'm not I'm not hating on you. I'm not buying into all it's that that's like Celtics Lakers out there. They hate each other. Uh, but hey, just whatever. That's cool. We're cool. We're cool. I'm not starting a whole thing. But uh if if the Celtics do get Mikhailik, it's uh depth at the end of the bench, potential shooting, emergency kind of shooter kind of guy. But it also tells you that that's kind of where the Celtics are going with this. That it's not going to be the the pursuing the bigger names. They're not going to start shuffling deck chairs to try to find a home for Christian Wood or Kelly Oubre or something like that. They're not trying to get into that taxpayer mid-level and, and it, it's a comp that they can do it, but it's complicated. And I think if the Celtics are going to fill out their bench, it's the McKaylicks of the world. And so that's where they are. Maybe they sign them. Maybe they don't. It's not going to impact the team very much either way. He's he, if he signs with Boston, you know, 12th man kind of off the bench in a pinch, Maybe if he gets hot, if he gets rolling, he can eat up some minutes. But that that's about it. That's the news. That's the extent of the news. So let's I, I put out a tweet a couple weeks ago at this point asking people for what ifs. And and I think when you ask people for what ifs, especially from this past season, a lot of them we already did one show where we talked about Desmond Bain, which is <laughs> that show went off the rails real fast, and Ime Udoka. So that th- those are two big questions uh, com- coming off of Bain signing a, a huge extension, and obviously Ime's back in the in the league coaching the Rockets. But aside from the Ime response, injuries were the other big uh, responses. So let's just go kind of in order and start to analyze what would have happened. What would have happened if certain things went differently? So let's start with Danilo Gallinari, who tore his ACL after signing with the Boston Celtics, but before the season started, missing obviously the whole season. And we we kind of had some fun at Gallo's expense. He talked about can't wait to play the Celtics, marking it on your calendar. And I kind of went off on him a little bit. If he doesn't get hurt, if he gets through and comes in to camp, ready to play, in shape, what's the difference here? And I think the biggest question for me is how does this impact Robert Williams? Because Rob, we're going we're gonna to pretend that the Rob injury is still in play here, right? We're only going one at a time. And... Rob hurt his 
uh, tore his meniscus the the season before, came back, tried to play through it in in the playoffs, you know, gutted his way through it, had to have another surgery to clean it up, and missed obviously almost half the season, basically half the season. So I'm going to say that that's obviously still going to be in play. Now Gallinari comes in healthy. How do the Celtics decide to start the season? The Ime Udoka thing is still happening. Joe Mazzula is still a head coach. All of that is still in play. Everything comes in uh, before media day. Joe gets the call. Ime is suspended. You're the guy. Let's go. You've got Gallinari at your disposal. How do you use him? And I think the obvious way, because I think Missoula would still go with Derek White as his starting guard in place of Robert Williams. I think I think Missoula still goes with a more spread offense, right? He wants that three-point shooting. Uh, he wants to to focus on the three. I don't think he starts Gallinari because he's older. I think the whole point of bringing Gallo in would be to bring him off the bench, maybe give some extra support to Malcolm Brogdon. And it's a way to keep a shooting big on the floor all the time with Horford and Gallinari kind of splitting the difference. So I think the immediate impact right away is that we don't see Noah Vonley on the floor. Noah Vonley does not get an opportunity. Luke Cornett does not get his opportunity. I think coming off the bench, it's Danilo Gallinari. And the Celtics go with White, Smart, the Jays, and Horford. And you bring in Grant, Brogdon, Gallinari off the bench. Uh, you're, you're using some Sam Hauser. But as far as the other bigs, Vonley, who got an early start, uh, Cornette, who kind of supplanted him because Vonley was not very good. All of those big guy rotations, they change. Maybe you get a, a hint of Luke Cornette, but it's Gallinari who comes in and gives you that 20 minutes or so off the bench. Now. What does that mean for Robert Williams? I'm going to talk about that in just a second. First, today's show is brought to you by Ibotta. You're going out there and you're shopping anyway, right? You're picking up burgers. You're picking up hot dogs. You're throwing those on the grill. You're already spending the money. Why not get some cash back? We could all use a couple extra bucks back in our pockets from our shopping. And Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce personal care, pantry goods. You can uh, make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you are buying out there. Everything is more expensive. So cash back in your pocket is going to be great. You can link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you get your cash back. It's super easy. The average Ibotta user gets $120 per year back. 120 bucks a year back. That's a big deal. You can do a lot with that. And it's cash. It's not points. It's not it's just money that you can get back into your bank account and to PayPal onto a gift card. So check it out. You can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands, retailers like Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, 
Best Buy. So check it out. I bought us offering you a five, offering you five dollars. They're giving you $5 just for trying Ibotta. Use the code LOCKED when you register. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download the free Ibotta app, and use the code LOCKED, I-B-O-T-T-A, on Google Play or the App Store. Use that code LOCKED. You get 5 bucks just for trying Ibotta. Like I said, I want to thank you, first of all, for being a regular listener. You everydayers, I love you. Uh, make sure you're in the comment section saying hi on the YouTube page. Uh, like I said, we're back all next week. It's mailbag week next week. Three mailbags. Ask your questions. I've got a ton of questions already, but go to johncorrales.com slash mailbag to get your questions in. And let me know what you're thinking. Again, Celtics, NBA, uh, something fun. You can ask another what if. Either it gets onto the mailbag or I save it for a what if show in this offseason. And, uh, yeah, you want to ask me a personal question? Sure. I mean, if it's too personal, I just won't address it. But if you want to have some fun with it, people have done that too. So Danilo Gallinari doesn't tear his ACL playing for Italy. He comes back, he plays, he comes off the bench. He's giving you 20 minutes. It's working out. Um, I'm going to assume that he's going to give you his, averages over the past couple of seasons. He's going to hit a few three-pointers, and he's going to be better than Noah Vonley. He's going to be better than Luke Cornett. But then comes the issue of Robert Williams coming back. And I think there is a not insignificant chance that Robert Williams gets kind of minimized if Gallinari is back and it's working. If Gallinari is back, if the Celtics are right about the same spot, that top, top seed, second seed, somewhere in there, which I think it's a fair thing to assume that if Gallinari is back and playing like he has in the past couple of seasons, that, and like I said, he'd be better than Cornette and Vonley. So supporting the Celtics, supporting, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, the Jays with his shooting, giving out Horford a little bit of a break. Where does that leave Robert Williams? And knowing that Missoula is just trying to win at all costs, and if the Celtics are winning with this style, with that, and we know how obsessed he has been, how much at least he was this past season with the three-pointer, and he's got a, a big off the bench that can hit the three-pointer, how much does he use Robert Williams? You would assume that he uses him some because Robert Williams is a good player. He's been part of the Celtics' success. He's part of the reason why the Celtics have been as good as they've been, part of why they got to the finals last year. He's good. He's a really good player. We love to see him play. We love to see him do what he does. Do the Celtics say, hey, it's working, let's – Let's work him in a little more slowly. Let's maybe, I don't know, maybe they do a rehab stint in Maine. Maybe they say, instead of bringing him back with, you know, some uh, minutes restrictions or whatever, let's work out the kinks in Maine for two, three games, right? Let's get, let's get those two, three games just to get your, your, your sea legs back. Maybe there's something, uh, a different plan. Maybe they work, bring him back a little bit more slowly. 
But I still question how much Missoula goes to Rob. If the Celtics are winning and they're winning with three-point shooting and Gallinari is shooting threes, we already saw how Missoula kind of was slow to work Rob into these lineups. I question whether he would have wanted to bring Rob back at all. I, I, I can honestly feel the discussion happening between him and Brad Stevens where he's like, yeah, I get how good Robert Williams is, but this is working and this is how I want to play. And, and Brad going like, Hey, this guy is really good. Figure it out. You're an NBA head coach, figure out how to get him back in there. I don't know. I don't want to say it would have had a long-term impact. I don't think they would have turned around and traded Rob because that would be insane. But I think there would have been some sort of question there. I think there would have been some sort of impact there where either they they don't bring him back when they did, maybe they bring him back and work him in more slowly, or they work him in a different way and he comes off the bench and maybe Rob coming back turns Grant Williams into uh, not even coming off the bench anymore. Maybe that benching and that kind of on and off Maybe the, the ripple effect is fine. We're we're minimizing Grant Williams anyway. Rob slides into the Grant role. We're just going to use him like that off the bench. Keep him like that off the bench, and that's how he goes the rest of the way. And Grant just doesn't play at all. I think that might be the more realistic way to go. Do the Celtics get further in the playoffs? It's possible. It's possible that they close out Atlanta a little bit more quickly because Gallinari loves his revenge against his former team. And so I think he might've had a better, if he had played against Atlanta, maybe there would have been a revenge uh, series there. If they close out Atlanta more quickly, maybe they get through Philly uh, a little bit more quickly. Maybe they beat the Miami heat. Obviously adding a good player who could shoot and assuming in this scenario that he remains healthy throughout the course of the season. I do think that it's possible that the Celtics either progress more quickly through the playoffs. Maybe they can get to the NBA finals this way. Is it possible? Obviously it's possible that he helps them win this, the, the Hawks series more quickly. They get more rest. He hits a few shots that closes out the uh, 76ers sooner. He can hit some shots where the Celtics weren't hitting shots against Miami. Maybe they they actually beat Miami and they get to the NBA Finals. And from there, who knows? The Celtics, It's each one of these scenarios is going to bring us back to this, right? Celtics versus the Nuggets. Even though that's not exactly how the what-ifs you know, you, you change one little thing and everything changes in the league. But regardless, if it's Celtics versus Nuggets in the finals, under this scenario, if the Celtics matched up against Denver in a scenario where they are healthier and fresher and they've had multiple days off throughout the course of the playoffs, 
then yeah, I believe that because they match up well against Denver, I think the Celtics could could win the championship. They they can beat Denver in certain scenarios, but I don't think they're going to beat Denver in every one of these scenarios that I'm presenting here. But Gallinari being healthy and staying healthy, another key thing through, throughout all of this, it's not just being healthy and not tearing his ACL in, you know, in, in international competition. It's being healthy, staying healthy, and producing. We're making a lot of assumptions here. But if he comes in and change, the change would be Rob gets minimized because Missoula loves the three-point shooting. Grant gets phased out much more completely, I think, once Rob is fully worked back in and Grant is completely gone. And who knows? Maybe maybe he's traded at the deadline. Possibly. Who knows? But I think Grant would be phased out in this scenario completely. And if Gallinari is, is halfway decent in the playoffs – then it's certainly possible that the Celtics could win a championship if Gallinari doesn't get hurt because they would have gotten to Denver sooner. They would have gotten to Denver fresher. And we've seen historically that the Celtics match up well. I'm not saying they guarantee win against Denver because Denver was really good. Jokic was really good. Denver winning a championship in that scenario also extraordinarily possible and maybe even more likely. But I can see a scenario where the Celtics fresher with health and Gallinari as uh, a key player off the bench, assuming everybody else is healthy enough. I think, yeah, there's, there's a decent chance that they actually win a championship in that way. All right. Some of these other injuries, including Jalen Brown, that glass thing that happened to his shooting hand, Brogdon's forearm and Tatum's ankle. We do that all next. I'm going to thank you. For making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day, check out the Lockdown NBA podcast I host on Wednesdays, although not this coming Wednesday, because again, I will be on vacation. I'm enjoying, this is, I love August and September. It's a great time. All the NBA folks go, see ya, and we're out of here. (laughs) We're enjoying our little vacations before end of September rolls around and media day and the grind of that next season, which we're all excited for, uh, it comes or comes back around, but everybody's saying like, all right, let me cash in my miles. Let me cash in my hotel points and let's see where we can go. Uh, so check out the lockdown NBA podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm there most Wednesdays with Jake Madison. It's a lot of fun rotating hosts all week. So I hope you enjoy that show. It's, it's, a, I, I enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. Let's move on here to the what ifs and uh, Jalen Brown. Uh, if he never puts glass in his hand, I don't know how that happened. He was watering his plants, and then he reached down to pick up a vase that had broken or something, and he sliced his hand open. Is there anything there? Is there anything that would have changed things there? Uh, again, it all stems, all of these these scenarios, uh, can they change something annoying about this playoff run? And for Jalen, uh, a fully healthy, no right hand thing. Would he have played better against Atlanta? I thought he actually played pretty well in that Atlanta series. He came out strong. Didn't seem like the hand was bothering him. 
Uh, it, the, the hand certainly kind of presented itself, you know, a little bit here and there. If he was fully healthy, would he have helped the Celtics again, beat the Hawks one game sooner? The, the entire, I guess, hypothetical here is can one of these things change the course of this playoff run, assuming that they fall into the same seed and everything else remains the same? Could one of these things have ended a series sooner so the Celtics could have gotten into that next series fresher? Those are the dominoes that we are looking at. Could Jalen have helped the Celtics against Atlanta? Uh, could they could they have won that series in five instead of six? Gotten a little extra rest for Philadelphia? It's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. But then again, like I said, he, he kind of played generally pretty well. I think the Celtics, there are other things that could have gotten them uh, – a better result against Atlanta. I think just that was a group effort for blowing that game at home. So it certainly is possible that Jalen healthier with the hand, not missing a couple of games, maybe in a better headspace, uh, does change and and just change that that history. And he helps win that that game five at was game five at home. And instead of them going back to Atlanta, yeah, I'm not looking at the Jalen hand injury as a definitive. This changed the entire course of the Celtics playoff run. I don't think much goes different when it, when it comes to Jalen's injury, Brogdon's forearm injury though. That one is a big one. Brogdon, over the course of the season, averaged 14.9 points per game, almost 15 points, 48.5% shooting, 44% from three. Now, he hurts it against Philly. He aggravates it in game one against Miami. So at this point, the Celtics have already screwed up the Atlanta series. They've already uh, gone seven against Philly, which they shouldn't have. They've already looked dead against Philly. So now you're getting into the Miami series and Brogdon. He played, I think pretty well in game one, the Celtics lost. Then he starts to really start to fall apart, right? He ends up shooting 31% against the heat seven, just under 17% from three. He's averaging five and a half points against Miami a third, basically a third of what he averaged a little less than that, uh, than what he averaged in the regular season. So could he have helped them win that series? I think Brogdon's forearm injury definitely changes the course of the Miami series. The Celtics are already now reeling from a Philly series where they won, but they were dead. They were dead in Philly and Tatum comes alive and saves their series, saves their season. They come back home. They, they blow out Philly. 
they're looking they're looking to go to Miami and do they go down 3-0 if Brogdon is healthy? I'm going to say probably not. And that starts to change the entire course of their history. But how much does Brogdon change this series? I think they win this series if Brogdon is healthy. If Brogdon can hit a few shots that maybe he missed in game two or game, which one did he miss? Three? In the game that he played and change the, the, the outcome of one of those first three games, then the Celtics could end up, even if they still go seven, I think the, the, the history changes. If he's healthy, let's pretend Jason Tatum is still goes down in game seven. Everything is different and there is still a game seven and Tatum still gets hurt. Brogdon is still able to, I think, um, help the Celtics win. Now, do the Celtics then turn around and beat Denver? In this scenario, that's much, much more difficult. I think the Celtics would have a tough time. Again, Denver by that time was playing so well that I think they would have been hard to beat. In the initial scenario, the Gallinari scenario, it's not that I think Gallinari is the missing piece to beat Denver. I think what Gallinari does is he allows the Celtics to beat Atlanta quicker, to beat Philly quicker, to beat the, the Miami quicker, get their rest. So they face Denver rested and they take advantage of their matchups and they're able to beat Denver in that scenario. But under this hypothetical, Brogdon is, is hurt after Atlanta takes a, a game too long, after Philly goes to seven, and then he's hurt in this Miami series. Yeah, Brogdon can help them beat Miami because Miami was such an outlier performance. Miami's playoff run is such an aberration. And congratulations to them for making it. Congratulations to them for hitting the shots that they hit. I'm not taking away from their run. They earned that run. They earned their run to the finals. Doesn't matter if you made a Cinderella run. Doesn't matter if it was an aberration. You made it, but it was still an aberration. Those guys don't shoot that well normally. That's not, you put that series through whatever projections and, <clears throat> excuse me, your, um, your whatever, uh, 2K, whatever do you want to do. The numbers would always spit out Celtics win, Celtics win, Celtics win, Celtics win. But, hey, they bucked the trend. Great. But if Brogdon is there and healthy and he hits a few of the shots that the Celtics weren't hitting, that changes the dynamic of the series. It probably changes at least one of these games and the Celtics lose in seven in real life. In the hypothetical, maybe they win in seven. Now, that still doesn't help them against Denver. They probably get to the finals again. And now, does that change how Brad Stevens runs his offseason? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, maybe Brogdon is less of the initial target in the, in the trade for Porzingis. Maybe it's, maybe it's Marcus Smart from the beginning in, in that deal. Maybe Brogdon is not kind of the main guy that they start to shop. Who knows? But I still think, I, I think Brogdon helps them win the Miami series. I don't think he helps them win a championship. Tatum, 
game seven against Miami. Let's assume everything has gone exactly the way it has gone. Now Tatum, we're in, in real life up until game seven. And now the hypothetical kicks in. Jason Tatum does not turn his ankle against Miami. I feel like Miami at that point was ready to roll over. I feel like Miami at that point was done. I think Boston wins that game. And they had chances, even though they looked like crap, they did have chances in the third quarter of that game to make a push. A healthy Tatum, I think, makes that push. I think the Celtics win game seven. They complete the comeback against Miami if Tatum doesn't roll his ankle. He was such a, a big part of the, the comeback. I think the Celtics get past Miami, but I don't think they beat Denver. At that point, they would have gone seven against Miami, seven against Philly, taken a game too long against Atlanta, no rest. The, the Nuggets were rolling. The Celtics do have the matchup advantage. Every time you match up in, in, the, in the finals this past season, I think you look at positional advantages. They have Jokic, which you can't mess. There's nothing you can do about that. But the Celtics it would be very, very difficult for my uh, the, the Nuggets to guard. And I think they would have had a hard time stopping the Celtics. But at that point, I think the Celtics were kind of toast. To come back from a down 3-0, even if Tatum stays healthy and they, they win, I just don't know that they have enough juice to get past Denver. Could be a uh, six or seven game series. Could be a tough one. Uh, but you have to also consider the Celtics would have had home court advantage. Not that that mattered in the playoffs. <laughs> it didn't matter much. It didn't matter against Miami. But hey, home court advantage, at least they would have given themselves a shot. So did injuries cost the Celtics? I think the Tatum injury, the Brogdon injury, the Gallinari injury, I think, has, has real potential. That might be the one that has the most potential to have given the Celtics uh, a shot at a championship this past season. Brogdon to some degree, Jason Tatum to some degree, but at that point, I think they were mostly as a team cooked. Uh, and the Jalen, I don't think the Jalen injury had much impact at all. So do the Celtics win a championship? They give themselves a chance if Brogdon stays healthy. They give themselves a chance if Jalen, if Jason stays healthy. They have, I think, a better chance if Gallo stays healthy. So do injuries, injuries, yeah, it's possible the Celtics win a championship if, if guys don't get hurt. That's that's how it goes, though. You gotta stay healthy. You gotta have some luck. Every champion out there has had some luck along the way. You know, it's even the Golden State Warriors. You say, well, the Warriors had KD and Stephanie, yeah, but they had luck to get KD. There's always some level of luck involved in a championship run. Somebody's gonna get hurt. Something's going to go, you know, some crazy bounce. It's always going to be a case. So it's not to say that the Celtics, you know, hey, this is what happens. This is the way it goes. But that's how I see these hypotheticals. What do you see? Let me know in the comment section and uh, we can we can discuss that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you think something different happens. I'd love to hear how you think this goes down. Let me know in the comment section on the YouTube page. Uh, you regular listeners, you everydayers, as always, I love having you around. Thank you so much. 
for supporting this podcast throughout the course of the offseason. I'll be honest with you, the offseason numbers look so much better than I expected because so many of you are sticking around. So thank you so, so much. I am so just honored and thrilled that you are choosing the Lockdown Celtics podcast as often as you are. So thank you so much. You new listeners, if you're new, you get to this point, you realize people are sticking around for a reason. Maybe there's a reason for you to stick around too. Would love to have you. If you like the show, I would love it if you spread the word. If you just found it, if you've been listening to it, I would love it if you spread the word and say, hey, Check out this awesome Celtics podcast. It's the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day.